What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today's podcast is going to be a deep dive into long-term weight loss. There's some pretty crazy stats out there. I came across a stat showing that 90% of people who lose weight will end up either putting the same amount of weight back on in the future or gaining more weight, which is absolutely ridiculous. What this comes down to for the most part is people following fad diets or really strict protocols that aren't sustainable. And inside of my coaching program, this is one of the biggest things that I focus on with people is helping them create weight loss in a way that they're going to be able to sustain for the long term. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode today is how to create weight loss that's sustained for the rest of your life. Because what's the point of going through this whole process and working hard and tracking your food and going to the gym and doing all this stuff if it's not going to improve your life for the long run. What a lot of people end up doing is they get really motivated, so they get really strict, go on a crazy hardcore diet, and then once motivation leaves, they end up deciding it's not really worth the payoff, and then they end up going back into their old habits and not ultimately getting to where they actually want to be for their overall progress to sustain a body composition that they're comfortable in. They're either all in and super motivated, doing things super strict, and things that really aren't that necessary or else they're like, screw this because this is way too hard and it's not worth it. But if you find a middle ground to where you make sustainable progress and you just follow the protocols needed and the periodization of your nutrition that's needed to be able to lose the fat, to be able to bring, um, go through a reverse diet and then end up at a maintenance phase and then to enjoy that result for the rest of your life, it makes the whole process worth it. And so that's exactly what we're going to talk about In this episode, we're going to go through everything. We're going to start with how fat loss is created. We're going to talk about how to build the habits that you need and how to individualize your diet. Then we're going to talk about the calorie deficit phase. Then we're going to talk about the reverse phase. And then we're going to talk about the maintenance phase to where you can sustain that result and live it out for the rest of your life. So I'm super excited you guys decided to tune in. Let's just get started with the episode. So we're going to start with just understanding the effects of energy balance. So when it comes to the energy balance inside of your body, We're just talking about calories. So if you're eating more calories than what your body burns every single day, you're going to gain weight. If you're eating the same amount of calories that your body burns every single day, you're going to maintain your weight. It's a calorie maintenance. If you eat less calories than what your body burns every single day, you're going to lose weight. You're inside of a calorie deficit. That's how weight loss is caused. If you followed any sort of fad diet, like a keto diet, an intermittent fasting diet, a paleo diet, any of these different diets out there, you didn't lose fat because you cut carbs or just because you ate healthy. That's not the bottom line to why fat came off. You lost fat because you consistently ate less calories every single day than what your body was burning. That's the science of your body composition. That's what it comes down to at the end of the of the day. Energy in versus energy out. All of these different diets and everything else that are out there just help you be able to stay consistent with that principle and how they do it is use methods of cutting carbs, um, cutting sugars, only only eating healthy foods or else even like making an intermittent fasting approach to where you make your times that you can eat in just a super small window so that it's harder to overeat during that time period which ultimately restricts calories and puts you inside of a calorie deficit. So when you understand that, then things get a little bit more interesting because 
to lose fat, you don't have to put yourself in a particular type of diet to do so. You can individualize things a little bit further, but you have to create the habits needed in order to do that. So you've got to learn how to track. You've got to understand which kind of food choices are going to be the smartest, and you need to understand a little bit about macronutrients. So first and foremost, you're going to have to get used to tracking your food intake. Now, this isn't something that is the funnest thing in the world. Usually when you hear of tracking your food intake, you get a little bit, people don't love the idea of having to track their food. But what I'll tell you is if you'll do it for a a decent amount of time, stay consistent with it over the long run, you're not going to have to keep tracking your food to be able to maintain the result that you've got. And we'll talk about how to do that um, towards the end of this podcast when we get to step five and talk about maintenance. But to create the fat loss that you want to create, and to be able to sustain that result and bring your, your metabolism back and your hormones back in the fastest manner, keeping track of your calorie intake is a pretty big deal. Now, are there ways to lose fat without tracking calories? 100%. There are ways to do so. But I would always argue if you haven't taken the time for the first while to really understand the calories inside of the foods that you're eating, to really understand portion sizes and these different things, you need to take some initial time up front and learn how to start tracking your food intake because it's going to pay for itself in the end to where you don't have to track calories anymore, but you can kind of keep a running tab in your mind and just intuitively know how much you're eating because you've put in the time up front and the hard work needed to be able to have the knowledge needed to be able to live out your life, not having to do it, if that makes sense. So just understand if you've never tracked, it sounds scary. It's not something you have to do forever, but it's something that you do need to do for your first three to three months to a year. Honestly, the longer that you can go, the better at it that you'll get and the better you'll be at not actually tracking, but still staying in 100% control of your body composition over time. So, and then when it comes to food choices, there's a couple different ways to go about this. Obviously you want to make sure you're getting all of your whole foods in. So your lean meats, your vegetables, your fruit, your fibrous carbs, your whole grains, all of these things are going to be packed full of your micronutrients, as well as when you're inside of a calorie deficit, they are going to be the foods that keep you the fullest for longer. They're going to satiate you the most. Now that doesn't mean that you can't have like some sugary, some processed or foods that are deemed unhealthy inside of your diet and still lose fat. You 100% can, but if you include those in your diet more so than you include healthy, low calorie, high volume foods, you're going to end up being hungry far more often because the low calorie, high volume foods fill you up for a longer period of time. They satiate you further. And these healthier foods have the micronutrients, vitamins and minerals and fibers inside of them that you really need to be able to sustain this so that you're not hungry throughout the day. You're satiated. You're getting all of the the nutrients that you need to sustain health overall as well. So when you're inside of a deficit, I like to have people stay anywhere from 80 to 90% whole foods. And then the last 10 to 20% can be more of the fun or unhealthy foods. When you're back at a maintenance phase, we can switch that up a little bit. So I, I like to suggest 70 to 80% of your foods come from whole foods. And then the 20 to 30% can come from more unhealthy or the fun foods that you enjoy. And then when it comes to macronutrients, there's a lot of talk about how macros are super important. Now, if your calories are in check, And then if we're eating enough protein every single day, the other two macronutrients, if you're already eating, let's say 70 to 90% whole foods, the last 10 to 30% from funner foods, your macronutrients are most likely going to be okay. But the one that you need to pay the most attention to is your protein level because protein is 
the one macronutrient that's going to help you build lean tissue. It's going to help you maintain the lean tissue that you have, and it's going to help you be able to recover faster. All super important things. If you want to end up with that lean toned or athletic look by the time you're finished, you need to be eating a decent amount of protein every single day. Now, studies show that if you're resistance trained, which is something that I would highly suggest if you're looking to lose fat, you need anywhere from 0.75 to 1.2 grams of protein for every pound of body weight that you have. If you're a heavier individual, I would shoot for the lesser end of that spectrum, so 0.75. If you're a heavier individual, I would shoot for 1.2 grams per pound of, of body weight. So if you're more advanced, you've been training for a long time, you're trying to get down to like single level digit body fats if you're a male or low teen levels if you're a female, then starting to track your carbs and your fats is gonna get more important. Or if you're an athlete looking to optimize your energy output like to the smallest degree, starting to count your carbs and starting to count your fats can become more important. But if you're new to this, trying to count calories, carbs, fats, proteins, um, eat, 70, eat 80 to 90% whole foods, 10 to 20% unhealthy foods, all these different things can get way, it just becomes way too much. We don't want to throw a ton on you at first. So you can make just as good a progress keeping track of your calories and keeping track of your protein for a really, really long time. So trying to throw everything else on is just going to overwhelm you and it's not going to make that much sense up front. So just start out by tracking your calories and eating a sufficient amount of protein every day. It's also super easy for me to sit here and just tell you to do that through the microphone and just expect you to go out and do it. But where a lot of people go wrong in their content and I was talking about a calorie deficit this and that and tracking, it's like where do you even start, right? How do you put all this together and get consistent with it? And this is what I would suggest. If you're brand new, you haven't built these habits, you don't, you aren't consistent yet, instead of putting yourself in a calorie deficit and trying to be perfect with these things right up front, I would start with one thing at a time. And that would be tracking because that's going to be the most important and ha going to have the biggest payoff in the long run. That doesn't mean as you start tracking that you need to hit a particular amount of calories, you need to hit a particular amount of protein, or you need to eat in those healthy to unhealthy ratios of food that I was talking about either. I just want you to simply start tracking. Get in the habit of tracking the foods that you're already eating just so that you're getting the habit. And what you'll naturally find is you'll probably start eating a little bit more protein. You'll probably choose a little bit better food choices as well as your calorie intake. If it's high, it probably won't be as high. You still might be eating low calorie if you're a low calorie type eater, but you're just going to get better at those habits subconsciously by just starting tracking. After like a week or so, you've tracked your food for a decent amount of time, you're comfortable with tracking, then you can start bringing in the other habits of eating enough protein every single day for your body weight and starting to eat the correct ratio of foods. So 80 to 90% whole foods, 10 to 20% unhealthy or your more fun foods, if you will. So add in each habit one by one. Start with tracking. Get comfortable with it. Then then bring in protein. Start tracking your protein. Then bring in 80, 80 to 90% whole foods, 10 to 20% fun foods. And then from there, once you're consistent with those things over like a one, two week span and they're not stressing you out anymore, you're consistent with it, you know what you're doing, now it's time to put yourself into a calorie deficit because you're consistent, you know what you're doing, you're not stressed about it, so we can just go in, put you on a select amount of calories and get you consistent there so that we can start creating the result of fat loss that we wanna create. I'm not gonna give you the perfect way to find your 
calorie deficit numbers in this episode today. So if that's what you're expecting now as we start talking about the calorie deficit, I'm sorry, but that's not, we're not going to spend our time doing that. If you want a free resource that will help you figure out where your calories should be to put yourself in a calorie deficit, you can download the macro starter kit, which is always linked down below. It'll help you set up your calories. It'll help you find your deficit. It'll help you um, set up your protein levels, all these different things that we talk about a lot in this podcast. But what I will tell you, any calculator that you use is strictly just an educated estimation. There's no perfect way to figure out your calorie deficit because everybody's metabolism is a little bit different. Everybody's dieting history is different, which affects your metabolism, which affects your calorie burn. There's all these different factors. So the only true way to figure out how many calories you need to start eating is use one of these calculators, start eating that amount of calories, and then make educated adjustments as you go to find the sweet spot of calories that you need to produce the result that you want. So as you get yourself into a calorie deficit, you want to be shooting for somewhere between one to 2% of your body weight lost every single week. If you can get in that range, you know that your calorie deficit is sufficient enough. Anything less than that, I would drop calories a little bit lower. If you're right at that, I would stay right there. And if you're losing more weight than 1% to 2% of your total body weight per week, I would probably up calories a little bit. Unless you're super experienced in dieting and you know the effects that going really low calorie will bring with the hunger levels, the metabolic adaptions and different things. If you're prepared for that and know how to handle it um, with experience, then by all means you can go a little bit faster. But if you're not you're new and you're trying to create a sustainable result that's going to last for the long run, I would shoot for one to 2% body weight lost every single week. So use a macro cal a calorie calculator. You can use the macro starter kit if you would like. Like I said, it's always linked down below or just find one online. They're everywhere. Start tracking and then aim for that amount of weight loss per week. What you're going to want to do to figure out that weight loss because every day is going to be a little bit different. So you're going to want to take week one's averages to week's two averages. And if it's one to 2%, um, in body weight down that you've lost, you'll know you're right on track. If it's not, make the necessary adjustments that need to be made to get you to where you're losing about that much every single week. But what you'll find as you keep going inside of a calorie deficit is that your metabolism slowly adapts. This is why plateaus happen. This is why you could be eating a certain amount of food, losing weight on that certain amount of calories, and then over time, you end up stop losing weight on that certain amount of calories and you plateau. This happens because your metabolism adapts. So the body doesn't necessarily want to lose weight. So what it does is it gets more efficient as what it's doing when you're giving it less calories so that it doesn't have to burn as much energy so that it doesn't keep losing weight. You don't, it doesn't want to lose weight. If you kept losing weight for over and over week after week after week, that your body takes that as you ultimately dying. So to stop that, the metabolism is smart and starts adapting to the calorie intake that you're getting, giving it to ultimately make that a new maintenance level so that it fends off starvation and you stay alive. What else will happen here while you're inside of this, your calorie deficit is your hormones will start to go a little bit haywire. You have two hormones in your body. One called is called leptin and one is called ghrelin. These two hormones regulate hunger and fullness. So what happens as you stay in a calorie deficit, your metabolism starts adapting. These hormones go the opposite way. You start to feel hungrier a lot more often. And then as you eat, you don't feel full or satisfied nearly as quickly. 
This happens because your body's telling you to go search for food. And then once you get food, it wants you to eat as much as possible because it thinks that you're going to go back into a calorie deficit after, stay there, and ultimately end up dying. So it's trying to fend that off. So it goes a little bit haywire. You're feeling more hungry. You're not getting as full after you're eating. And there's nothing that we can necessarily do to stop this from happening. But like I said, if you're losing 1% to 2% of your body weight every single week, no more than that, it's, it's not going to get to a point where it's absolutely unbearable. If you eat a lot less and try losing more than 2% of your body weight per week, you're going to get hungrier and hungrier and you're never going to feel near as full. So even when you're in a small calorie deficit, you're losing 1% to 2% per week. It's going to happen a little bit. You're going to get some of that feeling. But if you're trying to go harder than that and really drop calories really low and lose weight super fast, it's going to get worse and worse. So getting at a more sustainable caloric intake that's going to have you losing 1% to 2% of your body weight per week is just a more sustainable manner for you to go about so that these, these hormone corrections and your metabolism adapting don't get to a point that you're so ran into the ground that you end up having a hard rebound. Another way to combat the metabolic adaption as well as the hormone deficiencies is adding in refeeds. So all that a refeed is, is taking around a 48 hour period or more inside of a calorie deficit to bring calories back up to maintenance. What this is going to do is take your body out of the stress state of the deficit and bring you to a maintenance to where you can give your hormones and your metabolism a little bit of a break. It's not going to completely stop the adaption from happening or bring hormones all the way back up to regular levels just from the short 48 hour periods of inside of a refeed, but it will slow down the effect that they're having inside of the deficit. Just remember that being in a calorie deficit is a stress to your body. It messes with your hormones. It slows down the metabolism, things that aren't necessarily healthy. The healthiest spot for your body to be overall is out of maintenance. So taking time inside of a deficit to be out of maintenance for at least around a 48 hour period is just going to help you be less stressed overall throughout the deficit as well as coming back up to a maintenance means you're going to be able to eat more food. So when you're inside of the deficit, you're starting to get hungry. You have a time period to look forward to in the future to where you know, you know you're going to be able to eat a little bit more food during that time period, which just helps you keep you a little bit mentally more motivated to finish out the deficit phase before you go into that slight maintenance phase. Now, there's a lot of different ways to add in maintenance phases as well. These refeed phases, not they're not maintenance phases. They basically are, but they're called refeeds because they're for a short amount of time. We're not staying at maintenance. We're just going up for a minute. Then we're coming back into the deficit. It's just a slight break inside of the calorie deficit. And so there's different ways to go about it. There's a 5-2 split, which means you go five days in a deficit, you go two days at maintenance. This works well for people that have a hard time staying on track on the weekends. I have a client that I just moved to a 5-2 split because they're having a hard time staying adhered on the weekends. So we're in a calorie deficit Monday through Friday. She eats at a maintenance level, which is about four to 500 calories more than the deficit we have her in on Saturdays and Sundays. The other way you could go about it is do bi-weekly refeeds. So you'd go basically 11 days in a deficit, and then you go three days of a refeed out of maintenance. Or for people that have, that's a good one to do. If you have like 10, 20 pounds to lose, I'd suggest that one inside of like a, a 12 to 16 week diet phase. And you'll, it will just ultimately be more sustainable. You make really good progress inside of it. Or if you have a lot of weight to lose, meaning that you have a lot of stored energy in your body, and this is what I do with a decent amount of clients too that are looking to lose 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds, even more than that, we'll generally go around for the first good amount of time as we get started, we'll go 30 days inside of a deficit 
and then we'll give four to seven days as a refeed. So you're essentially going an entire month in a deficit, and then a few days after the month, let's say four to seven days, you'll go back to a refeed to take that little bit of a break to get some more mental motivation and see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So generally, the leaner that you already are, the more refeeds that you're going to need. The more fat that you have to lose, the less refeeds that you're going to need. Just remember, the more that you come back up to a maintenance and do refeeds inside of your deficit, the slower that fat loss is going to be over time. You'll still get to where you're going. It's just going to be slower because the deficit isn't going to be quite as significant. So that's why I like with people that have a lot of fat to lose, we stay in the deficit for longer periods of time to take off more fat um, than people that don't have as much fat to lose. So hopefully that makes sense. And then the last thing we'll talk about when it comes to the deficit phase is giving yourself a timeline. Generally, I like to see a calorie deficit phase somewhere between three to six months. Now, for people with a lot of weight to lose, that doesn't always mean that you're going to lose all the fat that you want to inside of one calorie deficit phase. And the reason for this, the reason that you don't want to stay in a calorie deficit for too long, again, the longer you stay in it, the more your metabolism adapts and the worse that your hormones are going to get over time, which is eventually going to make things unsustainable. So periodizing your fat loss phases is going to ensure that you're taking care of your hormones and you're taking care of your metabolism over the long haul. I just had a conversation with a girl on the phone about this today. She's been in a deficit for way too long. At this point, she's super hungry. She's super stressed out. She's super tired. She has no energy and she's on 1400 calories every single day and she's not losing any weight. Her metabolism is adapted. Her hormones are super deficient. She doesn't feel that great at all, and she doesn't know what to do. And so we talked about sending in her into a reverse diet, which is what we're going to talk about next. But her biggest problem with this is she didn't give herself a timeline inside of the calorie deficit, which ultimately kept her in a calorie deficit for far too long, which ended up giving her terrible biofeedback markers, as in her stress, her sleep's bad, her energy bad, her hunger's really bad, she doesn't feel that great all the time, and this is all because she's kept herself in that stress state of the calorie deficit for too long. So I would suggest a three to six month time period. For most, you'll probably, you'll be able to lose inside of this time period. If you stay consistent, you can lose anywhere from 20 to 30, even 40 pounds. And so for some, that means you're going to get as lean as you want to get in that time period. For others, you probably won't lose all the fat, but by coming out of the deficit and going through a reverse and up to a maintenance to bring hormones and, and your metabolism back, which we're going to get into, you're setting yourself up for the long haul to not get yourself in these bad situations to where the metabolism is super low and you're not losing fat anymore and your hormones are crap and you don't feel good and all these different things that will come. So long story short, give yourself a timeline inside of your deficit phases and you can periodize those deficits over time to eventually get to where you're trying to go. But if you try and stay in a deficit for... 9, 12 months, even years, you're just going to end up with terrible biofeedback markers. You're going to end up hitting plateaus. Calories are going to be too low. You're going to feel like crap and you're not ultimately going to get where you want to go. So you've got to take care of your hormones and you've got to take care of your metabolism by just spending three to six months at a time inside of these deficit phases to ensure that you can create sustainability and longevity with your results, which leads us to the next part of the fat loss phase. So once you've spent three to six months inside of that deficit phase. Maybe you've lost all the weight that, you need to, that you've needed to lose, or maybe you still have some weight to lose, but biofeed markers are coming back worse. You're getting super hungry. You're never feeling full. You're super stressed. You're tired. Your gym sessions are getting bad, and you just feel like you need to come out of the deficit for a while. It's time to go through a reverse diet. 
there's a lot of talk on reverse diets and there's a lot of people that do it in a lot of different ways. But basically, basically all that a reverse is, is bringing calories back up to a maintenance level. And what we want to do during this time period is optimize your maintenance level, meaning your metabolism adapted on the way down as you're lowering calories into a deficit. Well, what we can do is adapt your metabolism on the way back up to a new maintenance as well. For some people, you'll be able to go further than others, but typically what you want to do is first and foremost, you want to get out of the deficit pretty quickly. We don't want to be in the deficit for a whole lot longer. When we, just, when we start the reverse, we'd want three, four, five, six weeks tops probably to get outside of that deficit and back to a maintenance level. In this time period, this is what's called the reverse diet. So first and foremost, week one, you're done with the calorie deficit. What you're going to want to do is add in an additional roughly 300 to 400 calories, maybe like 350 calories. You're going to add directly back into your diet. When you do this, you're going to gain weight initially. And for some people, this is a hard thing to grasp. But what you need to understand is you're not gaining fat. When you add that first 300 to 350 calories back into your diet, that's going to be glycogen filling back up inside of your muscle cells due to an increase in carbohydrates. That's going to be due to you eating more sodium because you're eating more calories, which is going to make you retain a little bit more water. And it's just going to be the extra food volume that's in your stomach and in your digestive system which is just going to make you heavier overall and make you weigh more on the scale. It's not coming from fat. It's just your body essentially filling back out. You're not even at your maintenance yet. When you come up 350 calories, you're still probably in a slight deficit. Some people, and what I've seen before, is they'll even lose weight in this time period because you've stayed in the deficit, your body's in a stressed state, cortisol's high, you give yourself a little bit of food, cortisol levels drop, and you end up flushing out a bunch of water that potentially could have you lose weight. Now, that's not most people. Most people are going to gain a little bit of weight. But regardless, expect some weight gain on that first increase to 350 calories. From there, what you want to do, give yourself one to two weeks there. Let yourself gain that pound to three pounds. Your body's going to fill back out. From there, give yourself a couple weeks. And then we're going to make slow increases every single week to further adapt our metabolism on the way back up to get it as optimized as we can. So what I would suggest after that first increase is then bump calories another 100 calories. So now you're up 450 calories total. What you should find is if you haven't quite hit your maintenance yet, your weight should stay the same. The average for the entire week shouldn't really go up. You should stay relatively the same, somewhere within like 0.5 pounds of where you've been all week. So to, to take those averages to understand what your weight's doing is you want to take weekly averages. Don't just take like a weigh-in the day after you up calories by 100 calories and think and weigh a little bit more and be like, oh, crap, I need to drop back down. you got to understand your body's going to fluctuate on the daily. So we're looking at weekly averages. So take the entire week, eat at an additional 100 calories, compare that week's weights to the weeks before. If the weight's relatively still the same, you're going to do that same thing again. And you're going to continue that process, weighing those week-to-week -week averages as you're slowly upping calories. What you'll find is at some point as you keep upping calories, at some point those averages, you're going to see a spike in weight because you're going to eventually enter a surplus. You want to do that as many weeks as you can, upping calories and maintaining your weight because that's just your metabolism adapting on the way back up. Once you get to a point where you gain like a pound, maybe two pounds in a week, from the 50 to 100 calorie increase, 
you know that you've just passed your maintenance level of calories because you've gained weight and, and you need to come back to where you were before the week that you gained the weight because that is your maintenance. You've maxed out the adaption on the way back up and you've completed your reverse diet, putting you back at your new maintenance level of calories. Something to keep in mind and where many people go wrong is you don't just want to go find a, a random macro calculator that tells you where your maintenance is and do these slow increases every single week and try to get back to the maintenance that that calculator told you that you should be at. Those calculators and what I said earlier about none of them are correct, they're just educated guesses. That calculator is not taking into a into effect the metabolic adaptions you've been under it doesn't take into effect the where your hormones are at it doesn't take into effect your dieting history how long you're in that deficit or anything like that so what many people will do is they'll make those slow increases until they hit the maintenance level that the calculator told them they should hit when in reality that actually puts them into a surplus you want to make sure you're paying attention to your weekly weigh-in averages that's going to tell you when you hit your maintenance don't listen to a macro calculator that tells you where your maintenance should be and work calories back up to that maintenance that you're the calculator said and you start gaining weight and freak out and drop calories all the way back down increase calories slightly until you see that bump in weight from your weekly averages and that's when you know that you've just passed your maintenance level and you're into a surplus where you want to bring calories back to where they were just before you had that increase in weight and that's your maintenance don't just increase blindly until you hit the maintenance that the macro calculator told you because that macro that macro calculator isn't correct. It doesn't know your body perfectly. The only way to truly understand what your maintenance is, it can't be done through a calculation. It's got to be done through trial and error and you keeping track of your weekly weigh-ins to understand what those calorie intakes are doing to your body. If they have you maintaining or if they have you gaining or if they have you losing. That's how you find out the true number of calories that your body is burning and where your maintenance level is. It's not through a calculator. So just make sure you keep that in mind and use your data points as markers of your maintenance and surplus and don't just use a macro calculator's numbers where you're trying to get to. So once you've done this, you're back at your maintenance. And maintenance means a little bit of something different for everybody. For some people, this means you've obtained the body composition that you want to maintain and you're just good to maintain this throughout and enjoy the results that you have. For other people, if you went through the calorie deficit phase, you reverse back up, but you still have fat to lose. You were just smart inside of the calorie deficit and it was time to come out of it for a little bit to give your body a rest. It means that we're going to sit at maintenance for a while to optimize your health. So what we did as we went through the reverse diet we slowly adapted your metabolism back up to its full capacity. But this doesn't mean that your hormones are fully recovered yet. So we need to sit at maintenance for a decent amount of time until all of your biofeedback markers come, come back better. So if you're still tired, you're still hungry, you're not feeling very satisfied, you're pretty food focused, you're not having that good at gym sessions, you need to stay at a maintenance level for quite a while until those markers come back and everything's positive and you're more mentally motivated again. And then once you get to that point, I would still argue that you should spend another one to three months at a maintenance level before dropping calories again and going back into another deficit. So first and foremost, make sure all of those biofeedback markers come back better. You're just gonna sit at maintenance level and then once all those biofeedback markers come back better, you're starting to feel better, you're not as hungry, you're not as food focused, you're mentally motivated, you're having good training sessions, give yourself at least another month after everything comes back positive before going back into another deficit phase. The longer that you can stay at a maintenance, the better progress you're gonna make when you go back into the deficit. I like to refer to it as this. So maintenance is like home. When you're home, you're recharging, 
you're not stressed, you're able to just relax. That's what maintenance level of calories is to your body. It's its home. It's where it just wants to be because it's going to optimize its health. Hormones are going to be best. Metabolism is going to be best. It's where you're most healthy. You don't want to leave the house until you are 100% ready. So let that sink in. Because if you leave too soon, you're going to end up having to come home too soon because your hormones are going to go bad. Your metabolism is going to adapt quickly. You're going to lose motivation and it's just going to be a lot harder. So stay home. Make sure you are fully recharged and fully 100% committed to the goal of going back into another deficit and repeating this entire process that we just talked about again. This is your new fat loss process. This is nutritional periodization. It's spending time in deficits. It's spending time reversing your metabolism out of the deficit. And then it's spending time at maintenance. This is how you create the long-term body composition that you want to create. It's going through these different nutritional phases basically periodizing your nutrition for the best results possible. So you're not running your hormones into the ground and you're optimizing everything to be healthy and ultimately get to your goal faster. If you try to stay in a deficit for far too long, like I mentioned with that girl that I talked with on the phone earlier today, all your biofeedback markers come back bad. You end up hitting plateaus on super low calories and you ultimately don't make the progress that you want to make. If you're being responsible and taking care of your hormones and your metabolism, you're going to end up getting where you want to go faster. It might feel like it's longer because you're having to go through these different phases throughout the process and you're not always solely focused on fat loss, but you're ultimately going to get there faster because you're not going to hit these plateaus and it's going to be much more sustainable. And then there's the other person that throughout the calorie deficit phase, you lost all the fat you want to lose. You're super happy with how you feel. You're super happy with how you look. You just want to maintain that result and maybe you want to quit tracking. So here's how I would go about that. First and foremost, you need to get all your biofeedback markers optimized before you quit tracking. So stay tracking, even though you're at maintenance, stay tracking every single day just to make sure that you're actually hitting those maintenance level of calories every single day. And if you give yourself enough time, depending on how bad your biofeedback markers were once you finished the deficit, you'll be in a place where you can slowly take away the tracking and just learn to eat in a more intuitive manner. But first, you've got to give your hormones time to recover while still tracking because if you don't, you're going to be much more likely to overeat because of your hunger signals are off and your fullness signals are off. So if your hormones are out of whack and you just decide to stop tracking, before you fully recovered and are fully healthy again, you're probably going to end up making bad decisions because your body isn't in a place where you can trust and listen to it to when it's full and when it's hungry because the hormones are out of whack and your health isn't optimized quite yet for you to be able to go to more of an intuitive manner. But once you get there, you stay at maintenance, you are tracking all of your biofeedback is coming back better, hunger levels are down, you're feeling full after you're eating, you're not as food focused, energy's back, training's going really well, everything's just more in a positive light and you're motivated. Well, what's cool about this, if you're happy with how your body looks, we can slowly take away the aspect of having to track your calories. Because now that your hormones in a good spot, your metabolism is in a good spot, you can start listening to your body and just start eating and listening to your hunger and fullness cues and you're gonna naturally eat around a maintenance level of calories. Now that doesn't mean you go stuff your face with pizza every single day and say, well, I just ate till I was full. If you're eating like an idiot, you're obviously probably gonna put on weight if you're eating a lot of high calorie, low nutrient dense foods. So still, like I mentioned earlier, you're gonna wanna eat somewhere between 70 to 80% of your foods from healthy food sources, whole foods, 
and then 20 to 30% of your foods can come from more fun foods that you enjoy as well. If you're keeping that ratio and you're having a sufficient protein portion in every single one of your meals, and if you can learn to stop eating by the time that you're full and move on with your day and just continue to do that, your body's naturally going to eat around a maintenance level of calories and you're going to be able to sustain that result without having to be so tedious in your tracking. This is what intuitive eating is. It only works though if your metabolism is optimized and your hormones are optimized so that you can actually listen to your body and it's giving you the feedback that you need to make the correct decisions. When you're hungry, you can eat. When you're full, it's probably a good idea to stop eating. Your, your body is smart and if you learn to take care of it by optimizing your metabolism and your hormones, it will learn to take care of you too to where you can stop tracking and be more intuitive with what you're doing and you'll be able to maintain the result that you have. But only if you spend the time up front tracking Putting in the time invested that's needed to going through the deficit phases, going through the reverse phases, coming up to maintenance to let your body and your hormones recover, and then you can slowly let go of the tracking aspect and just learn to listen to your body, rely on those habits that you created, and be able to sustain that result for the rest of your life. So I hope that this podcast really did help some of you. This is the process of nutritional periodization. This is what you guys should be focused on inside of your nutrition. You shouldn't always try to be dieting. You shouldn't decide it's time to lose some fat and go on like a crazy keto diet. Not a crazy keto diet, but go keto just for the sake of weight loss. Some people need to go keto for specific health reasons, but if you're just a normal person looking to lose fat, you want to feel better, you want to feel athletic, you want to create that toned or defined or or more athletic muscular look, this is the nutritional periodization that you need. You can't just go into a strict diet and think you can stay in that diet forever and look your absolute best and, and be completely healthy and perform great. You need to have these periodization schemes. You need to have times where you're focused on fat loss. You need to have times where you're trying to bring your maintenance level back up through reversing to optimize your maintenance level of calories. You need to have times where you're sitting at your maintenance level of calories just to give your body a break from the stress of the calorie deficit. And that should be the ultimate goal. Remember, your maintenance is your home. Ultimately, you want to end up getting home. When you leave the house, you're going out for specific periods of time. But ultimately, you want to get back to the house at some time. You don't want to stay away for far too long or else you're going to end up on either side of the spectrum. That's ultimately not going to have you where you want to be. If you ultimately eat more than you burn, you're going to gain weight and you're going to end up getting fat over a long period of time. If you ultimately eat less than what your body burns consistently for too long of a period of time, hormones are going to go bad, metabolism is going to adapt, you're going to feel like crap, you're going to be plateaued, and you're just not going to be as healthy as you could. So spending time outside of the house focused on a deficit is fine. If you spend time out of the house focused on a little bit of a surplus to optimize building muscle, that's not something we talked about today, but that's an option as well, that's fine too. But ultimately, we want to be back at home at a maintenance. And once you get to a point where you're super happy with your body composition, you don't want to be so focused on your nutrition or tracking and things like that. You can slowly get away from tracking as long as your hormones are optimized, your metabolism is in a good spot, you can sustain that result for the rest of your life without having to be so sucked into the nutrition side of things. But that only works if you take the time up front to learn and to track and to pay attention to these things today that we've already talked about. So I really do appreciate you guys for listening. If you have any questions with this episode, my email is always linked down below. You can go down there, ask me questions, or else you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'd be happy to help you on there too. If you feel like you've been in a calorie deficit for far too long and you're plateaued, you can reach out. I'd be happy to help push you in the right direction to where you should probably go next to start optimizing things a little bit better for you. So 
If you feel like this did bring you some value and it might help somebody else out there, I'd be super appreciative if you could take a screenshot of this episode, put it on your IG story, make sure you tag me so I can see that you did so. I'll send you a message thanking you for doing that as well as retag it on mine so that people can see that, that you were listening to the episode as well. And even if it's not through IG, if you have somebody that you feel like has been chronically dieting, chronically in calorie deficit, they feel like crap, their energy is low, they're always starving, send them this episode. It will probably help them understand what their next move should be to ultimately get to where they're trying to go. So I'd really appreciate that. Also, like I mentioned earlier, if you need help getting set up with your calorie intake, feel free to go download the macro starter kit. It'll just help point you in the right direction to where you should get started with. Again, it's not going to be the perfect calculation as there isn't one out there. It takes just starting, implementing, and then adjusting along the way. So you can go download that. It'll help you. And that's pretty much all I got. So again, I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you've taken some value from this and I'll talk with you soon.